Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. This is Old School. Sponsored by the Mercado by Certified Piedmontese. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome to it. We're down at Tanner's. We'll be here until 6 o'clock tonight. We're joined by Sean Callahan of Husker Online. Husker Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. We're here, 402-464-5685. Sorry to hand me text line. Honda Lincoln Hotline if you want to be a part of the conversation. Shoot, shoot Jay or Sean a, a text and say, hey, look, say what's up. And be a part of the conversation. Greatly appreciate it. You can follow the, all of this on the Sarder Hammond Live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter and Twitch. So Twitter Live is carrying this as well, so it's easily done. Jay Foreman, Husker Hall of Famer, let him know about the Mercado. The Mercado, look at it, 84th and Havelock, certified Piedmontese and their special ingredients along with the butcher shop. Great appetizers, entrees, and dessert menu. And also they have any type of cut of meat you want, and they have the ability to uh, let you take stuff home. So it's, uh, it's a great place to go for all occasions, uh, big or small. And uh, any day of the week. Uh, 30 in Yankee Hill. Again, we'll be here till 6 o'clock. It's the Boogamania. $9.99 for the half pound burger and fries. Drink options. You get $5 blue moon draws. You can do your thing. Come by and register. Here's the deal. We've got the signed autographed Grant Wistrom jersey. All you have to do is come put your name in the box, and we will give this jersey away at 6 o'clock. So somebody will walk out with this signed Wisdom jersey for their collection. All you got to do is stop by Tanner's, put your name in the box, and have at it. Let's bring him in. Let's bring in Husker Online, Sean Callahan. What's up, Sean? How you guys doing? Man, you tell us. You know everything. We came here to hear you. We need to know what you know. Yeah, you got to spread the ism, man. It's, does it even feel like a game week after the last two weeks? Oh, man, it's it's been a two weeks. I, I just came back from Kearney, and I, I pulled off in Waco, and I'm trying to think, uh, Milford. To, to, to get on my computer twice. Right. Uh, they, they just made an in-state offer to Caleb Pyfram, uh, Omaha Central 2024 offensive lineman, 6'6", 290. Um, his dad played basketball for Creighton back mm-hmm. in the late 90s. Um, LeVon Pyfram, dad 6'11". The kid went from 6'3 in March to 6'6". Wow. Um, so that was what I've spent about the last hour doing um, at truck stops in Milford and in uh, Waco, getting that all figured out. But – uh, yeah, Nebraska, well, in summary, is they're, they're really recruiting hard. I mean, I think when these type of things happen, it can go one of two ways. They can just kind of shut down the recruiting operation. Right. Uh, but you're, you're seeing quite an urgency from Mickey Joseph um, and these guys. Um, you know, and that's a pretty aggressive offer. That was his first offer for this kid by anybody. But uh, Nebraska had seen him three times and, and uh, put an offer into Caleb Pyfram. Does he have – does he play basketball? Yes. Oh, was, I mean, well, that lets you know a little bit more with – that's bigger than just him recruiting or his recruitment. It's a change in the philosophy when you think about Zach Wiegert was a basketball player. The best offensive linemen are guys that are, have, can play basketball. And his dad was an overseas player. And, you know, we were watching the camp in June, and his dad goes, I don't know, I didn't play football, but he goes, look at his feet. And he's talking right. about his son. He goes, look at the other guy's feet. 
Right. And you could see his – I mean, he moves. I mean, right. he started for a Class A power team. Omaha Central's a good Yeah, yeah, they're a good basketball team. So, that, I mean, that's, that's good to be the – well, first of all, in recruiting, if you're, you know, sometimes if you're not first, you're last, even if you're second or third. And the, the first one – your first impression is the last impression. Um, I, you know, my feeling is, and I want to get your feeling is, is that, you know, with, with the coaching staff, with the guidance of obviously Mickey Joseph being the head coach now, continue to operate as such, um, I think that's a good indication of who they are as people and coaches. But then also they're, they're matching their words with their actions. And so I think that's also uh, bodes well for local coaches and obviously wherever they went recruiting. What do you feel about that? Yeah, no, no doubt. Mickey really, really wants the in-state guys. I mean, right. and, and – I think he saw maybe a blind spot in some of the in-state recruiting. And in his own way, he got involved without stepping on toes. And it's like, hey, I recognize a few areas that I could help. Right. And, and he got going with it. So I, I thought that was interesting just to see um, how he got involved at Bellevue West, how he got involved at Omaha North. He's at Omaha Central. He's helping out at Lincoln East. He's helping out at Lincoln High. Um, because there's, you know, you talk about this year alone, there's 10 Power 5 kids in the state right. for 2023 that's a lot for just Barrett Rude to handle. I mean, right you, for any a lot of, for anybody to handle. Plus, you know, depending on what happens, it doesn't matter. You you know, you still have Nebraska ties, even if you have another residence of job. And so it's still recruiting is recruiting. It's just kind of just whatever shirt you, you you wear. It's you know the the days of seeing Dan Young and Ron Brown twenty years straight going into high school is probably over. Yeah, and so they they understand the business, but it's good that Mickey is. Uh, pushing them towards uh, not, quote-unquote, shutting it down. Not that any of them would, but, you know, sometimes, you know, subconsciously you could be operating on a different wavelength. It's and good when that, the guy in front of the room is in there grinding with you. Now, if they were to lose to Indiana and Rutgers and Purdue. <laughs> well, yeah, that might change the things. Well, are they going to be in that point in November? I mean, right. th- that's, that's, the, that's the tough question, but I think right now they've taken on the approach like, hey, we're trying to run this even more intense than it was before and trying to, you know, keep our commits committed and go out and make some new offers. And, you know, that, that's, that's a different approach. I mean, we, we, and we've never been in this situation right. either where a coach got fired in September. Yeah, so – and how has this affected, I guess, I guess official visits? Now, now how does that – is there a rule since the, there, there's an interim coach – Versus a you know the a regular coach does a do you get an extra official visit or if you come to Nebraska and say like they hire a coach in November December do you get that back or does it just once you decide to go officially it's over Yeah, official visits are are different in the sense that you could you know people are going to take them in June now and then there's a window in the season you can take them on home weekends right. or, or December or January um, but by the time January comes around. That's just like leftover guys or late bloomers. I mean, there's really not much left in the pot. Right, because it's early, right? Everybody uh, wants to be – Everyone wants to it. sign in December, yeah. and they want to enroll in January. Um, so Nebraska and in most teams don't really take too many high school kids. I mean, January's turned into like transfer portal. Oh. I mean, that December, January is transfer portal recruiting. June during the season in March, that, that's high school recruiting. Now, it's, it's different periods and different windows um, and, and – that will be the interesting thing when this new staff or however it plays out gets into place because 
they've got to manage the commits they have. They've got to decide if they want them all. And then they've got to go out and maybe look for a few new guys. And then they've got to go do in-home visits with high school kids. And then also manage your own roster with sure. guys that could go and leave in the portal. And then also have the NIL element of things working. Right. And then go but out that's and what ma- they get paid for, right? And then maybe find other players in the portal. I mean, it's December is going to be crazy intense. Like, DP just should block out some extra hours in December because it's going to be nuts. I don't have them. <laughs> I, do, I don't have them. That's not happening. It's not happening. It's, so, with the recruiting of the big man, is this a change in philosophy or focus or priority now purposefully getting some additional guys up front on either sides of the ball? Um, now he's the fourth in-state lineman. I mean, they got three committed from the in-state for this year. Okay. And Caleb Pyfram's at least offered. So, they're making a priority, I think, to get local linemen. Um, but Pyfram, you know, is a different breed or build. I mean, basketball player kid that thought he was a basketball player, then he grew into 6'6", 290. Um, he went from 6'3", to 6'6", from March to now. Okay. Um, and Nebraska measured him at that height in March to now. So, he's really developed and grown into a prospect. And he's got that basketball footwork and that, that mentality of a hooper that I think they like. And Mickey really likes that. And You've watched this offensive line, guys. They're, they're not a lot of movement going there on, on, the, on the edge right now in terms of athletic guys getting out and, and, and playing. And he's played against Maverick Noonan, Ryan, or Tyson Terry, um, and he's held his own against the best lineman in the state here the first month of the season. What, what do you think, uh, I guess, the assumption is as far as, like, high school linemen? I, you know, I'm not sure, you know, how many recruits could they do? Are there, is their mindset? I know my mindset was like, man, I'm coming in and starting as a freshman. Um, do you see, do you hear a lot of guys thinking like, oh, I could come to Nebraska, regardless of the, who the coach is and make an impact just be based on what they've seen from some of the past year's offensive line play? Lineman is different, though, like, because you look at Prohaska, he, he started as a true freshman. Corcoran started as a true freshman um, at least a couple of games. But is that a good thing? I mean, are, are, you, are you rolling the dice, putting a true freshman on the field right. in the Big Ten? Now, at the same time, most of these guys are great getting there in January, so you get them for a spring to develop a little earlier. Right. Um, but it is a complete roll of the dice. You would really like your program to be not in a position to have to play freshman anywhere right. unless it's an elite guy like A.J. Allen that, you know, you're like, yeah, yeah we, 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 play we can figure this out. Yeah. Um, but there aren't a lot of – I mean – yeah, I'd, I'd be curious just in the Big Ten West, like how many true freshmen are playing before A.J. Allen got hurt even, played at the level of snaps A.J. Allen played. I mean, it's rare in this conference right. because it is a grown man's division. I mean, Iowa and Wisconsin and Minnesota. I mean, shoot, Tanner Morgan is 30-32-11 or something as a quarterback. Right. And he's, he's played there since 2017. Yeah. You know, and so you're talking about a league of guys of that age and putting a high school kid in, it's a big jump. But hadn't that been kind of the, the, the identifier for Nebraska that you're, you've got to give Houseman 80 snaps in, in, in any game? You're putting yourself at, at a real tough spot. A.J. Allen getting to work before his injury. Isn't that kind of an identifier that the program needs to it, it, it elevate its level of talent? Yeah, no question. I mean, you, you look at the inside linebacker, and, and Jay could speak on this too. I mean, they, they brought in a lot of young guys, and they've kind of struck out or guys have gotten hurt. Um, so, you know, Reimer is a walk-on, and, and they hit, you know, he, he was a surprise how fast he rose, and, and they played him. 
Henrich is what they thought. They thought he'd be an early player in his career. Snodgrass has been hurt his whole time at Nebraska. Clements is undersized. He's got good instinct, but he's undersized. Um, you, so you look at that group, and then they had that kid, Keyshawn Green. Yeah, um, he, he left. After and like, he left. Yeah. And, you know, the guy from New Jersey, um, I've never heard his name once. I've already blanked on what his name is, the young freshman. Seth Malcolm's not been a factor. Um, you know, now, what do you attribute that to? Is that is that the boomer bust kind of uh, recruitment? Or um, is it identification? Just, just, it just allowing the process of development to go. Like Seth Malcolm, he played eight man in Iowa, right? Right. Kind of a good athlete, but a project. So he would be like a third, fourth year guy that you, you expect something from. Some other guys, you know, I think maybe needed some more size. But um, you know, like how do you get to this point? Because wouldn't you strategically tr- always try to offset? A boomer bust with a kind of a known one like you can count on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. To make sure you always cover your bases. They needed just an elite talent there. And I thought Keyshawn Green was going to be that kind of guy. I mean, he right. was Army All-American, yeah. top dude in Florida. And I don't even know if he's playing football anymore right now. So, you've got to – they just have not been able to get that kind of linebacker in the middle. Um, you know, they had one on the edge last year in JoJo, who's on right. a 53 right now. Uh, but they haven't had that type of player – because the injuries, too. Reimer has battled injury after injury. Henrich has battled injury after injury. And I think that's affected their development as well. Sure. Because when your growing is hurt all year or your hamstring or your wrist or your right. hand, I mean. There's only so much you can do. Yeah, it's just you're limiting the talent of those guys. And it's it's been tough because that is a critical position in that defense where those guys need to both be over 100 tackles on the season. If, they, yeah. if it's operating the way it should. Yeah, and they did that last year. Um, I wanted to ask you this about uh, the quarterback room. When you look at it, just look at the if, – if they just all five just walked in here, it, there's not continuity. You know what I'm saying? Like the size and the, the look. The size and the look, including the young man that's coming from, you, or from Massachusetts. So what do you attribute that to? I know the, the last commitment you could attribute to Whipple, but – before that, it don't look this. It, 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 generally, when you look at Michigan quarterbacks, Ohio State quarterbacks, it's all kind of continuity. You can say, "Yeah, yeah that's Ohio State." You get what I'm saying? Yeah. You, when so, they when they go from McCaffrey to Smothers to Harburg, right? That was like the the, the cycle there. Right. I mean, pretty different looking dudes. So, how do you think that's going to change moving forward? Do you think they, you know, Whipple has a good idea what he's going to identify what he wants in a quarterback, and now you think that'll be kind of more continuity, where even where from the to layman's eyes, you'd be like, yeah, I could see him playing at Nebraska because wouldn't wouldn't or shouldn't or have they reached out to Zane Flores up at uh, Gretna? I don't know if they have at this point, right? Um, because I mean, because he, he's a bad boy. And he's committed to Oklahoma State. Right. Why would you decommit from Oklahoma State right now? We're not – I'm just saying ask – oh. you can always see. No, there, there were four quarterbacks that could drive to Lincoln that are going power five right now. Zane Flores, J.J. Cole in Des Moines, Avery Johnson in Wichita, and then there's a kid in Pierre, South Dakota, that turned down Wisconsin to go to Washington. And they passed on those guys to go with a kid from – Outstate Massachusetts. That's five ten. Um, so you're right. I mean, it, it's a. But Whipple really, really felt comfortable with this guy. So it, it, it's an interesting dynamic, and that's one where 
you would have thought at the time that Scott would have put his foot down and said, look, we're taking a local guy. Like, they had an inside track with J.J. Cole. I know his dad played at Iowa State. He's going to Iowa State. But the Fultz family and the Cole family are like this. And I do think they had a legitimate chance from the conversations I've had with the Fultz, uh, Gerald Fultz to get J.J. Cole, the MVP of the Elite 11. Uh, but it moved so quickly with Watson. Uh, and Bill Bush had Avery Johnson on the hook to come up here for a visit. Then Watson committed before the visit happened. So they had opportunities. Nash Hupmacher's connected to that kid from South Dakota going to Washington. They were trying to team up for Nebraska. They passed on him. And everybody under the sun except Nebraska said recruit Zane Flores. And Nebraska was the only people that weren't on board with it, evidently, because everybody else you talked to wanted Zane Flores to have an opportunity at Nebraska. Right. Sean, how does that play out, though? I mean, ultimately, somebody's got to be in control. It's somebody's decision. Right, knowing what the position requires in, this, in the offense that was in play, knowing the, the conference and the schedule type of level of, the, of, of talents you're going to play against, knowing the recruiting issues and the talent-based questions and concerns on the roster. At some point, nobody got it right. Like That's literally what we're saying, that nobody got it right. And, and Watson may end up being a good player. That's the thing. Like He was a state champion – you know, it'd be like North Platte winning the Nebraska Class A state title. They're the outstate school in Massachusetts. They beat all the Boston teams. So he is a true winner. He rides you of like a Tyrod Taylor, the way he plays and his size. Um, but, you know, is he the best fit for Nebraska? That's the question. And that's where Whipple, I think, put his stick down and said, I'm the OC. It's my offense right now. This is the guy I want. And, I, that, that, and he won. Clearly, obviously, he won that argument as the offensive coordinator over everybody else when you had Bill Bush going after Avery Johnson and you had other people wanting the South Dakota guy and you had a lot of people talking about J.J. Cole and obviously everybody in Nebraska talking about Zane Flores. So um, I've never seen four quarterbacks that close to Nebraska that are power five level and to pass on all four of them is, is an inter- interesting approach. Let's flip to the defensive side of the ball with uh, Shenander being let go. The young man from IMG decommits. It seems like two minutes later. <laughs> um, Cam Linhart. Yeah, Cam Linhart. Is that fully closed or closed as far as being, may, maybe being able to reopen that or get, get him back on the hook? And then also, how does that affect Avery Williams? That seems like he's also – Ashley Williams. Ashley Williams, excuse me, that's going to Auburn. Or yeah, seems that, like he's all set to go to Auburn. So but that, they just – they're about to can their coach. That's a story within the story too because Ashley Williams committed – and that was a Mickey Joseph move right there. And he kind of committed around the defensive coaching staff. So went public with that commitment, and then the defensive staff had their eyes on Cam Linhart. Well, the defensive staff is no longer in power. I mean, now Mickey Joseph is in power, and the first thing that happened is Linhart decommits. And now, as you mentioned, Gus Malzahn, not Gus Malzahn, but um, Brian Harson was a, a field goal away from being fired. Right this weekend yeah so i do it's think it's a matter of time i just think that ashley williams thing could play itself out because uh, mickey already had that kid um on the hook and there were a lot of people on the staff that liked him but when your coordinator and defensive front coach want the other guy and it's their guy i mean so recruiting is like sales i mean you, you kind of fight over who gets to close the deal right and and there's only one jake Sorensen out there that can close the big sales deals um, right and, and you know and guys are going to argue who gets to close the deal and same deal with, with, with how that played out. I think with Ashley Williams versus Cam Lenhard and that decision-making process and the defensive staff at that time won out. And now that spot's open again. Who, who's the closer now? Mickey. 
I mean, Mickey offered Caleb Pye from today. He called up Jay Landstrom at Central, and, and they pulled him out of class. Um, Mickey is pushing the buttons with Vince Ginta. I mean, Vince Ginta came in from Waco as Dave Aranda's personnel guy, and um, they're being pretty aggressive with, with a lot of things behind the scenes with coaches. On. I mean, this past weekend for a bye weekend was far and away the most aggressive I've seen Nebraska in years on the road. They went to 13 games and 35 schools on a bye weekend. Well, why wasn't they doing that before? They didn't have a guy like Gint until now. I mean, well, hold, 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 hold up. What's the two dude, two brothers up there right now? The Dillon brothers. They, they, they don't own the car dealerships. They up there with the recruiting. That's yeah. their job, ain't it? No, I don't, I don't want to speak. Or was? Up, but I, I don't know if they had a true number one. They had like three number one guys. So they had three number one guys. Not one of them could figure out what one dude just came in here from Baylor, of all places. And so, well, and Gitta was trained up by you know the Callahan, John Blake, the Callahan John Blake. era, Tim Cassidy, John Blake. It was John Blake. And, Let's and, be honest, Blake and, Homeboy was signed. See, if Blake comes in there, it's over. So yeah, I, I think um, they have a pretty good plan in place, but. Ginta, like this bye week was really when you saw like his work put into place. Yeah, by, so he had everybody strategically placed. I mean, they had all ten people out. Yeah, and I mean, thirteen schools or thirteen games and thirty-five schools. That's a lot in a weekend during the season. I mean, that that that's that you can't do much more than that. Just to 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 me and 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 to clarify because for in the space, the circumstances and situation that exists now within the program. Questions at the top, questions in the middle, questions at the bottom about who's, what is ultimately the goal, the mission? What's the focus? Is the focus now? Is the focus next year? What is the focus of this football program and this, more importantly, this football team? You well, on the hot, hey man, you on the hot seat, man. You all right? You need, well, this is why we bring hey, Sean. Well, this is why we bring. This is why we bring Sean hey, in. Man. Like Sean knows he, 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 like, he, he need a cold beer. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a bush light on the rocks and a coffee. Like, yeah. he, 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 he no, I just right because I like as a fan, I just want to be curious. What should in your mind? What this should is, the focus? No, I appreciate be? this. It's good radio. I understand. Like we're having a good conversation here, and I. I think the focus right now first are these kids on the team, you know, and giving these kids the final eight games they deserve of their Nebraska football experience this season. And I think Mickey's doing his best in that situation, but it ain't going to be easy, guys. I mean, this is not going to be a happy wedding reception here. I mean, there's a lot of, you know, drama that's going to play out in the next two months that we don't even know yet and how that all navigates itself will happen on these games on Saturday. But at least as of this week, they're really operating as they want to be here, and they're doing all they can. Um, so is there no way for this thing to end well as it currently stands? So um, essentially, you watch Game of Thrones? Right. You have you watched it? Oh, yeah. So you're saying it's essentially we're, we got to prepare for the Red Wedding? <laughs> I don't know about That's that. essentially, and then we could just name the cast of characters who they are once we get there, right? I, I, <laughs> hey Callahan, man, you didn't know you was coming out here to get put on the hot seat, hot spot, man. Look, this, but this is why this is why Callahan. I, gets the big char, I thought I was coming <laughs> in the char buff yeah. wings. We got your wings coming. We got your char this wings. Is, we'll throw it to break. We'll let Sean get some the red, beverage the, in his, the in his system. Wed, the red yeah. wedding for the big red, big red machine, huh? We'll let him. We'll let him catch us there. We're live at Taters. We're going to be down here until six o'clock again. Thirty-two Yankee Hill. Uh, we're raffling off. All you got to do is get in the room get your name in the box uh and we'll give away this this signed wisdom jersey we'll do that more sean callahan when we come back 
You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Guys, are you worried that you're losing your hair? Do you look in the mirror and see less hair looking back at you? Maybe you're thinking, it's cool, I'll shave it. Or I'll just wear a hat from now on. Or maybe even, I'll just break the bank to get plugs. But before you shave, hide, or replace your hair, have you thought about regrowing it? Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. Not just once, but every month. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash regrow. Do it today, and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash regrow.